God's grace, peace, and His mercy be upon you on this second Sunday of Advent, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, surely you've heard of uh, tiger moms and helicopter parents. Well, apparently their time is over. There's a new type of parent pushing their way through the schoolyard, and they will stop at nothing to ensure their child's success. Yes, the new style of parenting is called snowplow parenting. And these parents are intent on removing any obstacles in the way of their child in order that their child does not have to face the pain or difficulty on their way to success. If their child struggles, snowplow parents will take matters into their own hands and accomplish those challenges on their own, thinking that they are helping their child without realizing the long-term consequences of their approach. And we can understand this to some degree. For example, we've gotten impatient with our children when we've helped them with their homework. It would be much easier to just give them the answer right away rather than have them struggle to get to that solution all on their own. We tend to want to take matters into our own hands when something is not going quite right or just taking too long. That's the situation in which we find Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 16, which you heard a moment ago. Abraham had received the promise of God that he would be the father of many and that through his descendants, God would bless the whole world. Abraham and Sarah both believed God's promise. They trusted in it. But that promise had been made years ago. Abraham and Sarah weren't young when God originally made it. They certainly weren't getting any younger. Plus, Sarah was still barren. Maybe they needed to take things into their own hands and force the issue. So Sarah comes up with this plan. Maybe it was just Abraham that was needed for the promise to be fulfilled. She offers her servant, Hagar, to Abraham that he might obtain children from her. Abraham listens, and Hagar becomes pregnant. It worked. Or so it seemed. The situation only caused issues in the household of, or tent hold, of Abraham. Hagar, who was blessed with child, began to look with contempt upon Sarah, who was unable to conceive. Hagar's behavior got so bad that Sarah treats her badly in return, which caused Hagar to flee. But after, after that all gets cleared up and God convinces Hagar to return to Sarah, and Hagar gives birth to Ishmael, as we heard in the rest of chapter 16, God made it, makes it clear to Abraham in Genesis 17 that despite Abraham's efforts, Ishmael is not the son that God promised. You will have a son by Sarah, God tells Abraham, who is now 100 years old, while Sarah is 90. So Abraham replies, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Abraham is trying to demonstrate to God that he has already taken care of having a son. No, God says, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. 
which in the Hebrew is something more like Yisak. Abram and Sarah did not have to take matters into their own hands to have a son and kickstart God's plan of blessing. God was going to take care of fulfilling his promise in his own way and in his own time. When it comes to the blessings and promises of God, we also often think that we have to take matters into our own hands. We imagine that we have to activate God's promises by cleaning up our lives or showing Him how sincerely and earnestly we believe. We think we can manipulate God by our good works and force His hand to pour out blessings upon us. We become impatient with God as we wait for His promises to come to fruition. And so we try to take our relationship with God into our own hands and trust in ourselves to get the job done. In order to maintain our status as God's children, we imagine that we've got to prove ourselves to Him over and over again. We all tend to exchange freedom of the gospel for the slavery of the law. Rather than living under the freedom of Jesus' words, it, it is finished, and trusting that it truly is, we live under the slavery of the law, which says, do more, try harder. In the book of Galatians, you, Paul repeatedly demonstrated the foolishness of this thinking. In chapter 3, he writes, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. Chapter 4, Paul supplements his argument with an illustration, the story of Hagar and Sarah. Now, he says, <clears throat> this, now this story may be interpreted allegorically, which is interesting because Paul is actually He's actually telling you this time that this is, this is allegory. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. <clears throat> she corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. Wow. What does that mean? In other words... Hagar represents the law given at Mount Sinai in Arabia. All those who submit to the slavery of the law are children of Hagar. They are Ishmael's. And just as a side note, uh, Ishmael, while we don't really hear a lot from him in the, in the Bible, and, and while he is one of the disappointing sons of this Advent series, right, it, it isn't by his own fault that he's disappointing, right? He's just... You, you kind of look at Ishmael as kind of this kid that just, just ends up in these circumstances. He is not the promised one. And it is traditionally known that Ishmael is the father of the people of Arabia. So that he is the one that started the Arabian race of people. Now, anthropologists would probably argue that. What, and what eventually happened to Hagar and Ishmael? What does the Bible say? Paul asks, cast out the slave woman and her son. Ishmael was not the son of the promise, as I said. He was the son produced by Abraham's efforts. 
a work of the law. And that's why he was rejected. As ultimately, all will be who rely on the law. You would think God in his merciful compassion, which we know, that he would look upon Hagar and Ishmael with compassion and say, oh, it's not your fault you're in this situation. I will take care of you. You can stay in the family and you'll just be the, the second son, you know, the second heir, whatever. No, he is cast out along with his mother. Dealt with pretty harshly by God. But he's not killed. He does live on and have his own family. But God called Abraham and Sarah to trust in his promise and live by faith, you see. God would take care of it. And though it seemed impossible, Sarah eventually gives birth to a son. The son of the promise, Isaac. Now you, brothers, Paul explains, like Isaac, are children of promise. We are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. Those who live by faith, not by works, are also sons of the promise, sons of Abraham, and receivers of God's blessings. But it is not faith in Isaac that brings the blessings of God's salvation. It is faith in the true son of Abraham, the son through whom the whole world is blessed, the son whose work sets us free from slavery and the law. As our loving Heavenly Father, God removed any obstacle between us and our salvation because He knew we could never do it on our own, no matter how hard we tried. He sent His only begotten Son into this world and called Him Jesus, Yeshua, for He will save His people from their sins. This Son would also be born through miraculous circumstances, not through an old, barren woman, but through a young virgin. The son would also walk up a mountain to be a sacrifice, but unlike Isaac, God did not stop the hands that placed a crown of thorns on the head of Jesus, his own son, and plunged nails into his hands and feet. Jesus completed the work of the law, suffered the consequences for our sin and lack of faith, and won our freedom as he declared it is finished. Jesus is the true son of Abraham whose eternal blessings are received only by faith. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Paul writes to the Galatians and to you, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. How's that song go? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. You and I are sons of the promise, sons of Abraham, children of God, through the true son of Abraham and Sarah, Jesus, the son of God. And when I say son, if you're a if you're a daughter, it's the same, right? You're children of God. So let's all praise the Lord. Amen.